how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. This episode is brought to you by IronJohnGear.com. In between your creative pursuits, make sure to check out Iron John Gear for top apparel, footwear, fitness items, outdoor supplies, sports gear, and much more. Visit the website for top deals on things like lanterns, backpacks, tents, snow clothing, bomber hats, sunglasses, fishing gear, and more. Visit ironjohngear.com today and save money on your next adventure. In addition to Iron John Gear, make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Based on the memoir, Truth and Duty, The Press and the President, by Mary Mapes, James Vanderbilt's Truth is a behind-the-curtain retelling of the happenings that occurred at 60 Minutes in 2004. Essentially, Mapes ran a team of reporters to uncover a story regarding George W. Bush's time in the National Guard. The heated segment immediately caused Americans to pick sides, and the controversial reporting led to Mapes and Dan Rather both being asked to leave the network. At the film's heart are the consequences of the relationship between Dan Rather, played by Robert Redford, and Mary Mapes, played by Kate Blanchett. Despite your opinion on the news story, Vanderbilt insists that Truth is a film rather than a documentary. In addition to Truth, Vanderbilt has also written films like The Rundown, Zodiac, and The Amazing Spider-Man. I, I had always wanted to be a writer. I mean, you know, ever since I was, I think I was about five, when I figured out that that was an okay thing to grow up to be. Like, you know, sort of like, when I grow up, I want to be this. When I grow up, I want to be that. When I, when I realized that it was okay to grow up to tell stories, I was like, I'm sold. Um, and and so I always wanted to do that and, and write. And, you know, I grew up in, the, in the, the, the 80s, and, you know, movies were really the coin of the realm. Um, so the idea of, of writing movies just sort of it progressed naturally, um, and I ended up coming out to. I'm from Connecticut originally, and I ended up um, uh, applying to a bunch of different schools, and I only got into USC, and I didn't get into the film school. Um, and I remember going to my father and saying, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I'd like to take a year off and reapply to other schools, and he sort of looked at me and laughed. He goes, "Yeah, you're going to college." in the fall. So I came out to, he was like, that's a great idea. Sure. Great story, Kate. You're going to college. Um, so I, I came out to USC and I met a guy named Chris Fedak. And Chris Fedak 
was in the uh, filmic writing program at USC, undergraduate, and I didn't know there was actually a, 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 a writing program there. Um, it was it was really small compared to the other parts of the film school. It only took about 20 kids a year. And, and Chris and I became friends, and I applied the next year, and Chris actually wrote me a recommendation, um, and I got in. And Chris actually ended up going on to um, create uh, the show Chuck and... He's a wonderful writer in his own right, but but he sort of was my ticket into uh, the film school at USC, and that's when I sort of really started writing screenplays. Okay, very cool. So you uh, you mentioned the '80s. What were some of your influences uh, growing up? Well, I sort of you know I was about you know six or seven around the time the VCR. You know, for, actually, we had a Betamax first, um, which will really date me, but. Um, but, you know, about the time home video came in was right around, I was like six or seven. And so I would, we would go to the video store every weekend and I would rent Raiders of the Lost Ark like every weekend over and over and over again. Um, and, you know, as I got a little older, my parents started showing me films from the 70s. And I mean, you know, it was, it was um, All the President's Men was enormous in my household. Uh, Jaws, uh, the Godfather films, um, uh, and then also, you know, you know, action films from the '80s. I mean, Lethal Weapon and Die Hard were really big. James Cameron was really big. Um, uh, uh, you know, Terminator, Aliens, P2. You know, all of those sort of, uh, the, you know, I, I, all of the sort of the obvious staples. You know, um, you know, I was a kid in the '80s, so Star Wars was enormous. You know, I mean, so all of all of that, but it was all kinds of different things, um, which I think has weirdly led me in my career to write sort of all kinds of different things. Um, kind of in pursuit of that, you know, sort of that video store feeling. You know, sometimes you're into drama, sometimes you're into comedy, sometimes you're into adventure films. Um, there's room for everything. So, what um, brought you on board to this most recent film? Well, it was, um, you know, it's it's based on a book by Mary Mapes, and I've always been fascinated with journalism. And a few years ago, I did a. Um, more than a few years ago now, I guess, I did a, a movie called Zodiac that I wrote and produced. And, and around that time, I really started thinking about trying to direct something. Uh -huh. um, and Zodiac, was, I, I've always been a big journalism sort of buff, and, and it was always sort of the only thing I ever considered doing that wasn't, wasn't writing. I mean, and, and I was interested in going into print journalism, so it was another form of writing, another form of storytelling. Um, and so I've always been fascinated by this world, and you know, Mary uh, was the producer on the 60 Minutes 2 story that um, aired in September of 2004 about George W. Bush's National Guard Service. And it created this enormous firestorm. And ultimately, Mary and Dan Rather and CBS were accused of airing uh, uh, forged documents as part of their story, um, which is something that's still enormously in dispute, uh, whether the documents were forged or not. And they kind of went down in flames. And, and, and I was just so taken by the story behind the story. Um, and, you know, I sort of followed the sort of the whole controversy when it originally happened and never thought about it as a film. Uh, but then reading Mary's book, I was struck by how much I didn't know about a story I thought I knew a lot about. And I love movies that are take you behind the curtain or something and sort of teach you something. Like I think one of the reasons 
the, you know, heist movies are so exciting is because you're learning to rob a bank or break into a vault or, you know, rob the Bellagio or whatever it is. Like you're, you're actually learning, you know, the steps to do that. That's the most fun part to me. You know, you know, su- nuclear submarine movies, you learn what it's like to be on a submarine. So this, I thought, can be really fascinating to learn how these stories are put together. Um, and, and also I think it says a lot about where we are in journalism and where we, you know, where we're going as a country and all it has all this sort of stuff. And at the center of it, there's this incredible woman and this incredible, I knew there's this incredible character there, um, that, that could make for a really amazing role. Um, and so for all of those sorts of reasons, I zeroed in on it and, and, and contacted Mary Mates and said, I'd love to option your book. Yeah, there are some definitely like some journalistic uh, viewpoints similar to Zodiac. Um, a lot of like just strong opinions on both sides of this like controversial story. Um, how much research was involved outside of uh, reading her book? Um, and then how much pressure does this controversy add while writing and directing a film like this? Well, I, I did a lot of research outside of the book. It was, um, and it's one of those things. I did the same thing on Zodiac, which was you know, speak to as many people as possible who were involved in it and really sort of and get as many different viewpoints on what happened as, as possible. And and I think, you know, like Zodiac, I'm sort of drawn to stories, I guess, where the, at the core of them is this somewhat unknowable thing. You know, in Zodiac, it was, it was who the, the Zodiac killer was, and in, in this, it's sort of the, the documents um, and how things sort of swirl around. So he did a lot of research and talked to a lot of different people, both on and off the record, you know, because some people were, you know, understandably nervous about, about talking to me, um, or maybe not understandably. I, but, but listen, if they wanted to talk to me off the record, that was fine by me. Um, and then, and then, you know, what you do is you just, you just take all of that information and you put it together and then you tell your story as best you can, as honestly as you can through the eyes of your protagonist. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, added pressure while making the film, I don't think it put added pressure in terms of making the film. It, I think it put more added pressure in terms of writing the film, more than making. You know, once we had the screenplay and we vetted it the way we wanted to vet it and made sure that, you know, we had it locked down and, and we were confident about the contents of it, then it's just a process of making, you know, like any other film, just doing the best job you can to make the film as compelling and interesting and emotional and moving as possible. And the other thing with the story was, you know, I was very conscious from the outset of this has to be an emotional, this has to be a movie first, and it's not a documentary, it's a movie first, which means you've got to care about these characters, you've got to take this journey with them. You know, I structured the film in writing it in such a way where you're in on the ground floor of, of, of putting the story together. You know, there are a lot, there are a lot of different ways you could, you could, you know, skin this can, you know, you could start the movie when Mary was 10 years old, like a biopic, you could start the movie the day after the story runs and, and have it all sort of fall apart and kind of, and, and I was very much about the idea of you should participate in this journey through these characters eyes and step by step, and so it's important that the first act of the film is watching this team come together, watching them assemble the facts, watching them, you know, run down these leads, so that when things do start to turn, you've participated in that process with them, and you understand and appreciate why they have the different emotional reactions they do as the wheels come off the wagon. It is such a great cast, too. Um, what was the like the time frame in the writing process for you? How long did you spend writing the script? 
Well, I spent a, I, I, I did a bunch of so I, I, I optioned the book in 2006, and the first draft I finished in 2007, and so that year was researching and writing the first draft, and I tried to write the first draft actually very quickly. Like once I'm actually writing, I try and finish the draft very quickly, just because you know the first draft is always. I'm of the opinion, you know, the first draft is always terrible. Like, and I, I forget that, by the way, all the time. Every time I write a new first draft, I'm always shocked at how bad it is because I'm just like, oh, no, I hate myself. Um, you know, I think it's sort of like no matter how many times you've done it, you're just still like, oh, I suck. Um, so I was trying to write knowing that it's going to be terrible and it's writing is rewriting and all of that, which is so unfortunately true. Um, I try and... You know, I try and put off the, the draft as long as possible, especially with something like this where there's so much information. I tend to spend that a lot of the, the bulk of that time talking to people and doing sort of outlines and making notes to myself and looking at sort of different structural ideas and going, what if this happens here? What if this? You know what I mean? In a true story, too, when you're talking about structure, you can't really play around with the sequence of events. You can play around with structural the sequence of events is it going to be a flash are there going to be lots of flashbacks is there going to be you know and, and I, I ended up not doing that in this film that there's there's a there's one scene in the very beginning of the movie that's a little bit of a flash forward and then we jump back but then the whole thing is told chronologically but in that you know when you're sort of structuring it you go well what about this what about that what about this um and so that's sort of what i did with this and just kind of filled up notebooks and and did a lot of interviews and transcribed the interviews and kind of took pieces of dialogue from the interviews and, you know, annotating her book. I kind of go through the book and, and, you know, with a, with a, with a pen and folding over uh, pages and, you know, her, you know, the book ended up looking like this raggedy, you know, manuscript by the end. I was, you know, there's, you know, I don't know if you've ever saw the J.J. Abrams novel that has all the fake stuff written in it. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, um, but, but you know, by the, by the end of it, and then I went, okay, I just have to write really fast. And then I think the actual draft took, you know, maybe two months. Um, uh, but, um, but, yeah, and then, you know, you just, you just go back and over and over and over, and you show it to people that you, you trust, and, and, and they, they're, you know, and they, they drill into you. And so it's like, it's like any other sort of screenplay that way. You know, it's just you've got to keep working it and working it and working it. Okay. Um, past the research page, and, and during that, it's like two months of just writing. What are some of your writing rituals like? Um, I mean, I'm, I write during the day. You know, it's interesting. As I've, you know, when I first started uh, writing, I would write a lot at night, but I don't do that anymore. And I think, you know, part of it is just a function of I have, I have kids now and I'm, a, you, know, a, you know, a woman was nice enough to marry me. And so, you know, I can't really be up till three in the morning. Um, nor do I want to necessarily. So I usually um, get up, get a cup of coffee, take the kids to school, come back, do some writing in the morning, break for lunch. Um, you know, they're there. And this is on like a writing day because like, there's, you know, there's meetings and phone calls and stuff like that. Um, and then try and get a second session in in the afternoon at some point, you know, sort of after, you know, you know, after lunch at some point. And then, uh, and then, you know, quit by five or six um, to have a normal night. It's, it's much more of a, um, uh, I wouldn't call it a nine-to-five job because, you know, the, you know, you can go take off and go to the beach if you want or you can. It's sort of the Mad Men thing. It's like you get blocked to go to a movie. Um, yeah. but, um, but I think it's, you know, sort of I approach it in a, in a much different, in a, in a much more sort of um, 
you know, I don't, I'm not up all night, you know, drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes anymore. Um, you know, but, but I, I outline, spending a lot of time outlining, spending a lot of time just, you know, I try and dedicate a notebook to each project so that I just have a bunch of white pages that I can write down different ideas or, or, or make little weird connections or stuff. I just, I try and fill up a lot of, all those sort of random thoughts you have in your head, well, maybe this could connect to this, maybe this could connect to this. About five years ago, I realized I should be writing all of that down <laughs> so that I don't forget it. Um, right. And so I started doing that in the last five years, and it's been really helpful. What do you find to be the most difficult step in the writing process? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, probably, I don't know, whatever step I'm on usually <laughs> seems to be... You know, it's like when you're writing the first draft, you're like, oh, this is the worst, you know. And then, you know, when you're writing like the, you know, if you're writing the the, the, the draft like right before the movie's going to start shooting, you know, you go, oh, I just can't wait to work on something new and write a first draft when there's all that time and freedom. And so I think there's a little bit of the grass is always greener. Um, you know, I, I write long a lot. I mean, my first drafts are usually way too long to shoot. Um, and I know other, I have friends who like the first drafts are like 95 pages and I don't, I look at them and, you know, want to, to kill them so I can eat their brain and possess their power. I don't know how they do that. Um, right. you know, my first drafts are typically 170 pages long. And so oh. just the process of going, how do I make it shorter? How do I make it shorter? How, not, and by the way, not because I think it's all great, but it's just sort of yeah. I don't know why my stuff is always long. Um, and listen, Truth is a two-hour movie, so it's you know it's eventually by hook or by crook you get it there, and you, you get it into some form or fashion. But you know, um, you know, Zodiac was a 200-page script. The shooting script was 200 pages, um, wow. and it was just like it was what it was. Um, but, but I, I, so I think probably just the process of, 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 of cutting down can be, can be more challenging to me than, than, uh, than, than, than another part of the process, but it, it has to be done because when you don't, I mean, there's nothing worse than a, than a movie that feels like it's led, you know, in a movie that you feel like you're as an audience member ahead of, it's just that, you know. It's the worst. You know, there's so many movies I think you see and you go, oh, that was a good movie, and it could have been a great movie if it were 15 minutes shorter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do definitely have, like, a diverse selection of movies. Um, in your opinion, what makes a good story? Oh, I mean, I think for me, it's, I mean, that's a, you know, isn't that the real, you know, that's the, <laughs> isn't that the real question, the ultimate question <laughs> that we're all trying to figure out? Right. Um, you know, for me, it's if you're emotionally involved, I think that is really the, um, I, you know, for, and I can't even talk about, I mean, you know, forget about my, my own work. I just mean like as a film goer, you know, if I'm, if I'm on the edge of my seat and I really want to know what happens next and I'm really concerned about the characters involved in it, you know, I mean, you know, so, I mean, it's like, you know, the great romantic comedies where you're sitting there and you go, Oh my God! I hope they end up together. And you and you know, you say, "Listen, I'm a I'm a 39 year old man who works in Hollywood. I know they're going to end up together, but yet this movie has convinced me that they may not. And and how could they? Because he said that thing at the at the wedding to the girlfriend of the, you know what I mean? Like, right. when they're you know when 
when you know all the magic tricks and they can still pull a magic trick on you. I, I think there's something, and I think that comes from emotion and character and connection. Um, and, 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 and just emotionally hooking into the characters in some way, you know? Um, because we know, you know, we know from, we're such a film literate, you know, audience now. We've all grown up with so many generations of television and films to look at. We know what the tricks are. We know all the save the cat stuff, you know what I mean? And all that stuff is, 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 um, is formula because it works. You know what I mean? Like cliche is cliche because it's been done a bunch of times and there's a reason it's done a bunch of times it works. But if you care about the characters and, and, and I just, I think it's, there is some magical, you know, thing that comes from, you know, comes with, with great films and great stories where you just are, you just want to take the ride, you know, and, 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 a great film can pull you. A good piece of writing, great piece of writing, great film can pull you in. And if you care about these people and what they're going through, it can become the most interesting thing in the world. So what was it like? This is your first time directing, right? What was that like? It was. It was excellent. It was um, just a wonderful experience, and I, I was um, incredibly well supported by the crew and by the cast. Um, you know, we had a phenomenal cast. You know, Kate Blanchett, Robert Redford, Dennis Quaid, Topher Grace, Elizabeth Moss, Stacey Keach, uh, Dermot Mulroney. I mean, it was just, it was sort of this, it was sort of the murderer's row of actors. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it, it was funny because people will say, people said, you know, oh, well, directing is, is an extension of screenwriting. And, and I think, you know, listen, in theory, that is true because they're both storytelling, but in practice, uh, those people are liars. Uh, because <laughs> screenwriting is sitting in a room alone you know, okay. making stuff up and directing is you are in a giant room with hundreds of people looking at you going, what do I do? Um, right. so it's, there's a very different social skill set I think that's involved in each, but I loved, um, I loved it. I loved working with the actors. I loved working with the crew. I loved, you know, directing is a, there's a lot of, there's almost a mathematical level of problem solving. You have to get X number of pages on film by a certain time in order to, you know, turn around at lunch so that you can get this. And so, and I loved that aspect of it. And I also loved that, you know, no matter how hard we work as screenwriters, you know, at the end of the day, it's really in that moment with those actors and those cameras, what can you capture? And does that feel real or does that feel false? Um, and there's something really wonderful about that and something really wonderful about seeing a performance come to life through the through the, the work of a great actor and and great actors listening to each other and playing off of each other and having those words come alive and, and so that was just so exciting for me uh, as a filmmaker. So, what advice do you have for upcoming writers? I think listen, if, you know, upcoming writers. First of all, I would just you know just write write as much as you can, um, rewrite as much as you can. Be be brutal on your own work, be your own harshest critic. Um, read a lot of screenplays. Read a lot of good screenplays. Don't just read a lot of your friends' screenplays. Read a lot of produced screenplays. Go back, read Shane Black, William Goldman, Aaron Sorkin, um, Patty Chayefsky, I.A.L. Diamond. You know, go read. As I mean, there's, the Internet has so much stuff. Um, and you can ju and just see what the craft is. I mean, just, you, know, you can learn so much in screenwriting just reading how Shane Black writes a script. Um, reading how Aaron Sorkin 
constructs those scenes, seeing how little description, you know, some of them use, how, you know, how they use description, all of that stuff, you know, all the stuff you don't see in a film, but you read on a page that, 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 that brilliant writers can convey, how they use their words to convey emotion, um, I think is just all sort of helps. And just write, write a ton. Somebody once told me, you got to write seven bad screenplays before you write a good screenplay. And I like, you know, like any good young punk should said, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not me, buddy. And then right. seven really bad screenplays later, I finally wrote a decent thing. And I was like, oh, that guy was right. Um, <laughs> so it's just, you know, about churning the words, get it, getting, getting it out there and, and make stuff too, you know, go and, and take an acting class, take a psychology class, take a, take a directing class, you know, work on short films, work on try directing, try acting, you know, walk in the, the shoes of the other people who you will be, you know, working with on a set. Um, get on movie sets if you can. Be around it. Just sort of immerse yourself in it as much as humanly possible so that, listen, I had a wonderful writing professor uh, named John Furia who has since passed away. And the question was always, that he always got, was how do I break into the business? How do I get in? And he said something that always stuck with me, which I thought was brilliant, which is, the question shouldn't be, how do I break in? Because if you really want it and you work hard enough, you're going to get your shot. The question should be, how do I stay in? Because it's not about that break. It's about when they go, okay, that was interesting. Now what else do you have? What else can you do? And it's about building a career. Um, and so focus on that. Don't just focus on that one perfect idea you have. Write a bunch of different things. Experiment. Try all that stuff. So, sure. Um, anything, else? anything else you'd like to add about the film? Anything else I'd like to, I mean, you know, I listen, I think it's, I, I think it's, go see it. <laughs> certainly, <laughs> would certainly be my, you know, it's, um, I think it's a really fascinating story. And I think it's, you know, Kate is an actress of the, one of the actors of a generation and, and Robert Redford certainly the actor of his and watching the two of those, the, the two of them together in the ring together, I mean, is you know, is, is, is pretty amazing. And it's, and it's a really emotional story, first and foremost. You know, it's, I know it's a divisive, it can be a divisive film to a lot of people, but at the core, it's really about these people and their relationship and what they went through together. And, and I just, I find it a fascinating, unique, and emotional story that I think people will really enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.